Welcome to the California Improvement Network's podcast series on building effective partnerships to address social needs that impact health. During this series, you will hear about real-life struggles and triumphs from those doing the work and gain ideas you can use in your own partnerships for addressing social needs. As California Improvement Network, or CIN, is a learning and action network, we hope that as you listen, you will consider what you can apply to your work and identify at least one action you can take to advance the partnerships you have. CIN is a project funded by the California Healthcare Foundation and administered by Health Force Center at UCSF. To learn more about the California Improvement Network and access other resources for addressing social needs that impact health, visit our website at www.chcf.org. All right, we're here today to talk about building effective partnerships between healthcare organizations and community-based organizations to better meet the holistic health needs of people across California. I'm lucky to be here with Jamin Chang, Senior Staff Attorney at Bay Area Legal Aid. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're happy to um, hear about your work. So I wanted to start to just hear a little bit from you about the work that you do at Bay Area Legal Aid, um, specifically around medical legal partnerships. Yeah, so I work with Community Health Center Network on a medical legal partnership. What it is is basically a model for legal services delivery where we partner with a healthcare organization to take warm handoff referrals for their patients for legal issues that they've identified, as well as any other legal issues that we may identify down the line during the course of representation. And we also provide trainings to the usually community health workers and social workers as well on how to screen for these issues so that they have a better understanding of what legal aid can and cannot do so that they have a better idea of how to refer patients, how to ensure a successful referral, and how to make sure the patient gets the help that they need. Um, And then on the healthcare end, they are able to help us ensure some follow-through for a lot of the cases that we get. Ideally, they are much more upstream. They're not emergencies yet. They're something that can hopefully be resolved just by simple advice. There may be issues that there may be barriers for the patients to follow through with the advice that we're not necessarily aware of as attorneys, that we're not necessarily trained to screen for. But because the community health workers and the social workers are so working so closely with them, they can help them with actually implementing that advice if they determine that there are barriers. For our listeners, I wanted to just maybe put a little bit more description around medical legal partnerships. You know, like what are they? What's the typical length? How do you engage with them and community partners? Who initiates them? So if you could just share with our listeners a little bit more about what are medical legal partnerships. Medical legal partnerships are a fairly flexible model of partnership between the healthcare provider and a legal provider. It's usually with a legal aid organization. There are some law schools that have started medical legal partnerships. The very basic formula is there's a legal partner and there's a healthcare partner. And then what you do with that afterwards is pretty flexible. The more traditional model is to have the lawyer on site at Mm -hmm. the healthcare center. That allows for 
removal of certain barriers for patients to need to go elsewhere. My partnership with CHCN, I, I don't have on-site time at any of their health centers, and we operate purely on a on a referral model, with the exception of when I, before the pandemic, when I would go and give trainings in person and go to the meetings in person. I try to be very adaptable to what are the needs of the specific patient population and what are the needs of the healthcare partner to make sure the specifics of the model that we land on works. The National Center for Medical Legal Partnership has developed toolkits on how to launch medical legal partnerships. They keep track of the various types of medical legal partnerships around the country as well. And they also do a lot of research around how to make medical legal partnerships work, how well they work, the effectiveness of working in this way. If the listeners are interested in checking out just different models within kind of the umbrella of medical legal partnership, the National Center for Medical Legal Partnerships website will be a good resource for them. Can you tell me a little bit more about like who you work with at Community Health Center Network and a little bit more about, you know, how those warm handoffs work and what you do together when you partner together? The partnership is specifically with the Care Neighborhood Program. I don't have the capacity to cover all of CHCN. They have so many patients. So we work with Care Neighborhood, which is a smaller program within CHCN, so much more manageable. My understanding of the Care Neighborhood Program is that there are Medi-Cal patients who are high utilizers. They work closely with community health workers for some period of time. During the course of working with their community health worker, they identify certain goals that they want to achieve within the time of working with the community health worker. Sometimes the Goals include a legal issue. Sometimes it doesn't. When the community health worker identifies a legal issue, they'll either send the referral directly to me if it's something that they know it's within our wheelhouse at Bay Legal. And if they're not sure, they might call me or send me an email and just ask generally, hey, I have a patient with this issue. Is this something that Bay Legal can help with? If not, what are your thoughts on how I can support this patient or what other organizations can I refer to? So there's a lot of communication with mostly the community health workers. Um, we expanded to include patients who work with integrated behavioral health care coordinators. Uh, so the care coordinators can send referrals as well. And I meet monthly with the CHCN team with the with the community health workers and the care coordinators in order to give like brief updates and make sure that the referral process is going smoothly that it's still working that it's not too cumbersome and also just give some like success stories just to continue to boost morale and bolster the the relationship and and show that the these referrals are having a a positive effect on the lives of their patients. I've heard from others too who I've talked to about 
partnerships and how to build effective partnerships, that communication is key. And I imagine, you know, meeting with these individuals monthly to talk about, you know, some success stories or to talk about what's working and what's not is really beneficial to you. And I'm I'm sure also to the community health workers as well. Can you tell me a little bit about how those monthly meetings were initiated? Was it Bayer Illegal that started it was the Community Health Center Network. You know, so how are they initiated and when do you find the most beneficial about having those monthly meetings? They were initiated by Community Health Center Network. They naturally have their monthly meetings with their community health workers. They might actually even meet more frequently than that, but once a month, they reserve about half an hour for me to come and check in and reintroduce myself. There is a lot of turnover in that profession and and in in my profession as well. Uh, It's been important to keep meeting with them and keep reintroducing our services, both for the people who are completely new and are hearing about this for the first time, and for the people who might not remember that this is a resource for their patients. So it's a good reminder every month that, hey, this exists this is a resource, utilize it for your patients. The Yeah, the monthly meetings have been good for reinforcing exactly what the MLP is. I think it's also been good for them to see my face and have like a human being to interact with, not just some random lawyer at another organization that they don't know. I think I've realized that for many people, contacting a lawyer is very daunting. That's certainly true for our uh, our clients, but I think that's true for some of the healthcare staff as well. I think establishing that rapport, establishing that relationship, having them understand that I am not some mean lawyer (laughs) is, is really helpful. So I think the more comfortable they are with me, the more comfortable they are reaching out with these questions. The community health workers are so kind that they, when they send the questions, they usually apologize profusely <laughs> about asking so many questions. And I always reassure them like, no, no, I'm really glad that you're asking these questions. These are all really great questions. I, I try my best to help them understand like none of these are ever stupid questions. As long as it's it's helpful for your patients, please ask. In the past, a lot of medical legal partnerships launched as fellowships from recent law grads. A lot of the fellowship funders for the legal fellowship funders, they were very interested in funding medical legal partnerships because it's a fairly innovative model and it's a good starting project for a new attorney. The difficulty with the fellowship MLP model is that those fellowships typically last one to two years without sources of funding to continue the medical legal partnership. They usually end once the fellowship ends. It's not because the MLP wasn't successful. Within Bay Legal, we've had very successful partnerships that were initiated, but it was just really difficult to get through the healthcare bureaucracy to identify more sustainable sources of funding. I think that's started to change because of the Affordable Care Act and changes to what healthcare can and cannot fund. That is slowly starting to change, but at least a few years ago when I first started, 
it was really a challenge to continue a medical legal partnership after the fellowship ends. My MLP at Zuckerberg San Francisco General was unusual, relatively speaking, in in continuing past the fellowship time because the San Francisco General Hospital Foundation identified funding in order to keep the project going. But it was always a, a small portion of our operating budget with Bay Legal supplementing and sustaining the medical legal partnership financially with the majority of the funding. Funding always tends to be the, the difficulty. And so most medical legal partnerships last for about two years. And then it depends on whether sustainable funding can be identified. A lot of private funders are interested in providing seed money, but they're not quite interested in providing some sort of permanent funding. How long have you been doing this medical legal partnership with Community Health Center Network? Three years now. And and this one did not start as a fellowship. This one started, was initiated by CHCN. Mm -hmm. They identified the funding. They reached out to us. Yeah, I would say it started because of existing relationships that we already had. The longer backstory to the the genesis of this medical legal partnership is that Alameda County Healthcare, they helped initiate a project to help people in Alameda County get on SSI. That's supplemental security income through Social Security. And those are disability benefits for people with who have no income or low income and can't work. That project is basically a medical legal partnership as well because it's a partnership between Alameda County Healthcare and a bunch of different legal aid organizations, including ours, Bay Area Legal Aid. And so with the success of that project, the CEO of Alameda Health Consortium, Ralph Silber, he had a relationship with our managing attorney for the SSI project, Steve Weiss. He was initially interested in just expanding on the SSI project, but for the CHCN patients specifically. I think gradually where we landed on was to have a more expansive model and cover more legal issues than just SSI because we figured out that was more needed than just the SSI piece. We built on prior successful partnerships and built on just our existing reputation in the community. Yeah. And I, I want to try and get us to be a little bit more, think a little bit more philosophical about what our partnerships, how can we make them successful? So just building off of the partnership that you have with Community Health Center Network, now, what would you say is one or two things that you think you've been able to achieve together in this partnership that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to achieve alone? I think we've been able to reach a lot more clients and have a greater presence in the community than we would have without the partnership. There are a lot of patients who never would have been able to figure out how to get to legal aid. They didn't know it was a resource. They were scared to call a lawyer. They have telephone issues. Bay Legal on its own, we are able to help a lot of people who usually come in through our legal advice line, so our telephone intake, or by going to our clinics. 
But there are a lot of people who, for one reason or another, are not able to make it through that system. And so with the partnership, because the community health workers are sending those referrals over to us, we are then initiating contact with the patient rather than the patient has to call, possibly go through a phone tree, be put on hold, or leave a message and wait for a call back. We contact them directly and we might coordinate with their community health worker to make sure that we can connect with them. Typically, the referral process for us is that I'll receive the referral, I'll review it, and if I have any questions, I'll contact the referring provider back and talk to them a bit. And then I'll either reach out to the patient directly or I might, if the community health worker gives me a heads up that there might be some difficulty getting a hold of this person, I might coordinate with them so that the patient knows exactly when I'm going to call. So they know when they need to pick up the phone. Or if I make a couple of attempts, we generally make two or three attempts and I'm not successful, I'll circle back with the community health worker to see, hey, does this patient still need help? I haven't had much luck getting in touch with them. Can you help? I I think one major success of the partnership is that we are able to reach people who might not typically be able to get to us. The other, I think, is disseminating information about legal rights into the community through the community health workers. They are able to see and interact with way more people than we do. I mean, we could schedule Know Your Rights trainings or clinics. The capacity for that is quite low compared to the need. How are people going to find out about these things? Are they going to be able to make it to whatever physical location we will be at? Some of our service counties at Bay Legal are very large. Alameda County is very large. Contra Costa County is very large. So if you live on one end of the county and our training is at the other end, how are you going to get there? But because with CHCN, their health centers are scattered throughout the county, we're able to reach parts of the county that where we typically don't have too many clients, actually. For example, people out in Livermore or or in Fremont, it's hard to get from Livermore to Oakland or hard to get from Fremont to Oakland. And so I think if we were to look at the demographics for Bailey Gold's clients, I think most of them tend to be clustered around Oakland and Berkeley, because that's close by. So our our geographic reach has really expanded as well as a result of the MLP. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about failures. And this is a word that we use regularly in the California Improvement Network, because a lot of what we focus on is, you know, helping healthcare organizations make progress in, in certain priority areas identified by the network. But part of making progress is taking a misstep or failing a little bit first and then pivoting. So thinking about your partnership with Community Health Center Network and the work that you do with community health workers um, over the last three years, what would you say is you know one failure that you encountered and what you did to navigate through that situation? I think it might be a little easier for me to think about it in the context of my experiences with all our MLPs. Oh. I do have 
excellent communication with the community health workers and the community health workers are really on board with whatever I ask them to do. I think in in my experience, I try to really understand what are the parameters of what the community health workers and the social workers can and cannot do. I think where there are breakdowns is when there are misunderstandings about what each side can and cannot do. It can happen that the conversation devolves to the point where each side is kind of yelling at each other saying, well, this is not my job. This is not my role. That is not a a real life experience. There have not, there have not been shouting matches. There have been discussions about like, well, what, what is appropriate to ask? What isn't appropriate to ask? That's true on both sides. I, I try to really make sure that the referring provider understands what are the parameters of what I can do so that there's not assumptions being made. Because if they think, oh, okay, everything that I can't do is what the lawyer can do, then there's a problem. Because on the lawyer's end, it's like, okay, well, I know what I can do. So probably everything I can't do, like they'll take care of. And then later on, once everything's blown up, you figure out, oh, there was this huge giant gap that we missed. I think the way that I've navigated that is to try to have very upfront conversations at the outset about expectations. Some of the difficulties that I had very early on with the CHCN partnership is when patients came with certain expectations about what I would do, then that turned out not to be true. And so they might go back and complain to the community health worker and say, well, the the lawyer referred me to a private attorney rather than took my case directly. Why did you send me to them? Once I figured out that that was, well, one, causing distress for the patients and two, causing distress for the community health workers, I made sure to reiterate every time, like, don't ever promise that I'll even give a callback because sometimes that's not appropriate. Sometimes the referrals come in and it doesn't seem like there's a legal issue. If there's not a legal issue or if it's clearly something that Bay Legal doesn't do, my position is that it doesn't benefit the patient to just have a lawyer to talk to. That's not the best use of these resources. And the patient is just going to have to keep repeating their story again once I refer them out. And so I, I think the referrals have gone a lot more smoothly once we started working together on on managing expectations with each other and with the patients. So I want to get us into advice that you have for our listeners. Thinking about the medical legal partnerships, the ones specifically with Community Health Center Network or others that you've done, what is one or two pieces of advice you'd offer to other healthcare organizations or legal organizations who are starting these partnerships? What's one to two pieces of advice you would offer them to make that work successful? I think the first piece of advice that I have would be to look look at what the existing partnerships are, both within your own organization and outside in your community and nationally. There's no point in reinventing the wheel. You can innovate and figure out how to build from that, but you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You're just making yourself suffer for needlessly. I guess it would be do your research. 
in order to build something in a very thoughtful way. For medical legal partnership, it really isn't as simple as, oh, okay, so we're just going to work together now. That is extremely difficult. We have some overlapping priorities, but there's a lot of differences and there's a lot of differences even in the way we speak. Partnerships have to be very thoughtfully built. I guess as a lawyer, (laughs) I would say, I think how the partnership will operate should be put down on paper. So essentially a contract so that there's no misunderstanding on each side, who does what, when and why and how. And I guess the other advice that I have is be very curious about the partner and ask a lot of questions and don't feel scared to ask questions about why, because it it is really important to understand each other very well in order for any relationship to work. There can't be assumptions. You have to ask questions. And I think you also have to figure out how to kind of get out of your own head. What I mean by that is I can't communicate with healthcare providers like I communicate with other lawyers. I can't throw acronyms around and assume that they know what I'm talking about. There's a lot more teaching and learning to this work than I really realize. Well, thank you so much, Jamin, for talking with me today and sharing more about your work at Bay Area Legal Aid and the work that you do with Community Health Center Network. We're really grateful to hear your experience um, and for you to be so open with all of us and our listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed this discussion. Thank you for listening to the CIM podcast series on building effective partnerships to address social needs that impact health. As I mentioned at the start, we ask you to consider what did you hear in this conversation that can be applied to your work and what actions will you take to continue to advance your partnerships in your communities and with your healthcare partners. This podcast and others are located on our website at www.chcf.org CIN, and we look forward to sharing the next conversation with you coming soon.